Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose. This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience, but look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because because now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Hope everybody had a great weekend and a good start to the new week. Lots to talk about on this episode. We'll get into the aftermath of the NFL draft, who are the winners and losers, especially with the LA Rams and the Chargers, as well as the, the rest of the NFL. We'll also get into the Los Angeles Lakers. Is it time to hit the panic button? And the Marvel Universe has released their new movies that are coming within the next two years. And then maybe a little bit of twist. I'll get into that and more here on TMA with Nick Hamilton. Now, you know what you got to do if you listen to this show as often as you do. You know you got to go ahead and give me that follow on social media platforms. Follow me on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213 and Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. Now, guys, I am so excited because today I've been making announcements. I've been dropping announcements all week uh, since last week. Today, brand new uh, announcement uh, that I got coming. And uh, it's definitely uh, something I've been working on quite diligently. Shout out to the team. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting and continues to support. We got a lot of good things happening this week. Definitely going to have some giveaways. So if you're interested in getting anything, any giveaways, make sure you follow me on Twitter at NickHamilton213. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at NickHamiltonLA. And I'm going to have some giveaways. We're going to have some tickets to give away. We're going to have some passes to give away for some free TV. I know everybody wants things that are free. And, yes, though now that we're getting back into whatever this new normal is going to be, you cannot drive without what, ladies and gentlemen? gas so yes we're going to have gas cards coming up uh in the next this week as well as next week so you definitely don't want to miss that make sure you stay tuned uh today 3 p.m pacific 6 p.m eastern new announcement happening hope you love the 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 new uh announcement definitely continue to follow me on this journey and i appreciate everyone that's listening and everybody over at sirius xm everybody at slam radio uh Lots, a lot going on. Let me tell you, 2021 has not slowed me down or slowed us down. So definitely want to stay tuned. Anyway, now that I've said all of all of that, the Los Angeles Lakers, they have been in a funk. And on Sunday night, Anthony Davis said something really that resonated with me. And he said post game that the team is not playing with any swag. They're not playing with an attitude. They're not playing like we're having fun. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. And to me, he's absolutely right. When I look at this Laker team, and we know what they accomplished last season with all the difficulty in the bubble mentally and physically, and what they were able to accomplish in 2020 is absolutely remarkable. They are are the, the NBA champs until someone dethrones them or they decide to go on a run and repeat as champions. But as we stand right now, they are the NBA world champions. Have they been playing like it as of late? Not so much. The the LA Lakers and the organization, I think is one of the most fantastic organizations, first class. They have a great owner in GD bus. They have some very brilliant minds in that scouting department. I think they have some really, a uh, really good GM and then Rob Palenka. And yes, I've had my doubts like some of some of you may have had your doubts, but all in all, Rob Palenka has done a, a really, a really great job. And I said the same thing about Andrew Freeman from the Dodgers. I was skeptical of Andrew Freeman when they first brought him in here. The years that it took to get the Dodgers back into contention. Yes, I was skeptical. I haven't been skeptical of Andrew Freeman in years. And I haven't been skeptical of Rob Palenka. In quite a long time. 
because he's produced results. But this season has not produced a, a, some great results. Now, we all know when you are playing as a championship team, the target on your back is even bigger. You're going to have teams that are garbage or look to get a strike a stripe off of you because they want to say, hey, we beat the world champs. Even though we're not, we're going straight to hell when it comes to our record. At least we can say, hey, we beat the world champs or we swept the world champs, depending on what region are you in, whether you're in the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference. So everybody wants to stripe off of you. It's just like when you get when you're walking down the street in a neighborhood that may not be so so great and you got a fresh pair of Jordans on, guess what? You got to be careful because somebody's going to jack you for your shoes or say, hey, man, I got such and such for his shoes for the new Jays. That's pretty much how teams are looking at the Lakers. They have a fresh pair of kicks on. And everybody wants them. And everybody wants to brag how much who got who for their new Jays. And this is exactly what the Lakers are experiencing. The Lakers have, have been in a funk for a long time. They lost the last, what, four or five straight? It's ridiculous. LeBron James didn't play on Monday night against the Denver Nuggets, who are red hot without Jamal Murray and Will Barton. But Jokic, Aaron Gordon, guy, other guys have stepped up on the team. We saw what they did to the Clippers the other night, last week. And these guys aren't playing. And I told people, people thought I was crazy. I said, everybody's focusing on the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns. And the Phoenix Suns have done a hell of a job. And, and shouts out to Chris Paul, because without Chris Paul's leadership and him being the floor general there, I do not believe the Phoenix Suns would be in the top four in the playoffs in the Western Conference. Damn sure would be riding number two and, and ascending to the, the number one seed. You definitely have to have to have Chris Paul in the conversation, the MVP conversation, along with with Jokic, with Jokic and uh, and and Joel Embiid. Those are my three MVPs right there. Say what you want, but look at the numbers. Look at the impact. But I digress because LeBron has a sore ankle. Why does LeBron have a sore ankle? Because they're down a wheel. They're, the Lakers are down a wheel because Dennis Schroeder is now going to be out for health and safety protocols for the second time dealing with COVID-19. And now we got the word he's going to be miss some significant time moving forward as these games continue to, to, as we get down to the end of the season and head into the playoffs. And if the Lakers aren't careful, they're going to be in that playing game. When I was on NBC LA on Fred Rogan's show and going Rogan, I was asked, do, do I think whether I think the Lakers would finish? I said they would probably hold water at five. I didn't think they would drop to six and then maybe even drop to seven. That wasn't even in my mind because I thought this team had enough at least to hold water until LeBron came back. But then every, it seems like every time they get somebody back, somebody ends up being taken out. And I say that I, I've said this before and I'll say it on this show. I think it was poor planning on the Lakers part in the offseason. This team has had a short offseason, 71 days. Just like every other team. So I'm not making excuses. I'm not a Laker fan. I, I cover the team. I, I like the Lakers, but much like I like the Clippers. I want to see both teams do well because guess what? Makes my job easier. Makes my city pop. And it's, it's, a, it's a win-win for everybody involved. But let's call, let's call a spade a spade. If the Lakers would have done certain things differently, do you think they would have gone through the losing streak that they did when they went when Anthony Davis went down with that injury and LeBron was still playing. Do you think if they would have re-signed Dwight Howard, who played magnificent in the playoffs, who was a, 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 a stone contributor to them winning the NBA championship? Even in the regular season, he played his role. We saw him after games shooting the ball, doing extra stuff just to make sure he gets better, shooting from the free throw line. Okay? So we saw him do what it took to become better and to be an asset to this team. I understand the salary cap. I know they couldn't re-sign Rajon Rondo because there were salary cap issues, and I get that. I like Dennis Schroeder. I think Dennis Schroeder was a good pickup. I'm not mad at them getting rid of JaVale McGee. I'm not mad at them getting, getting rid of Lionel Richie Jr. Jr., better known as Danny Green. I'm not mad at that either. I wish they would have kept Avery Bradley, though, for defensive purposes. Because look what 
Look what my he went to the Miami Heat and got a two year deal, and they end up trading it because it wasn't working out in Miami. But the Lakers didn't even offer him a deal. Come on, then you don't even you don't keep Dwight Howard. That was your weapon because if you notice the versatility that Frank Vogel had last year, he can go big, small, in between. This year he was limited because he didn't have the 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 playmakers that he needed for his for his offense. And I'm not knocking Montrezl Harrell. I think Montrezl Harrell is a really is a good player. I think he plays with a lot of grit, a lot of heart. I think he leaves it all out in the floor. But I have not seen enough of Montrezl Harrell in the playoffs. And I'm not counting the bubble because obviously he was dealing with some family issues. And I don't I don't begrudge any man for taking care of those those needs that were way more important than any sport that you can play. But before the bubble, I haven't been impressed with him in the playoffs. And he's still learning the system as we go along. Now that you got Dennis Schroeder out, Marcus All has moved six months an hour. Slow as all get out. He's knocked down a couple of favorable shots, and that's cool, but he hasn't been consistent. Wesley Matthews, inconsistent. So I do believe if the Lakers would have kept Dwight Howard at least, and it was just him and LeBron, and then you add Andre Drummond to that mix to wait on AD. Now you got three bigs. They would have lost as many games as they did. I don't believe it. I mean, I can't say for certain because what's done is done, but I don't believe they would have. And so the Lakers are in trouble. It's time to press the panic button because as they keep losing and they keep falling, it's going to be harder and harder to dig yourself out of that hole. And LeBron James was asked, and so was Frank Vogel, a few days before LeBron came back, will he be playing on some back-to-backs? Frank was like, yeah, if you can play, I'm, I'm going to put him out there. Dude's not going to be able to play on back-to-backs. No, it's not going to happen. Hopefully, he can come back after this Denver game. He'll be ready for the Clipper game on Thursday. Because if he's not ready for the Clipper game or he's limited in the Clipper game on Thursday, it's going to be a long night for the Lakers. And that's not to say the Clippers are, I mean, the Clippers are battling injury too. They've been losing games too. The Clippers haven't looked like they're themselves in quite a while. But still got to play who's in front of you. And if the Lakers don't get it together and stop the bleeding, they won't make it out the first round. Because they still have to jail. They still, and the, one of the problems is they have to, they have to find that cohesiveness. I've said that too before. You've got, I don't care how many, stars and guys you have on the squad it's about being cohesive it's about having that type of vibe where you guys can know each other know where to be and what spots to be in they're still trying to figure this out this late in the game in the season i should say you think you'll continue to figure it out in the playoffs and you got a team like denver or the clippers or the phoenix suns who i think they can beat, but it's going to be extremely difficult in Utah, you know, I don't believe much in Utah. If Spider Mitchell comes back even 70%, Utah's got a hell of a chance of beating the Lakers in the first round. If the Lakers happen to fall to eight or seven, depending on where the seeding is by the time we finish the regular season. So it's going to be very interesting. The Lakers are in trouble. They got to get it together. It's time to hit the panic button. Laker fans, start worrying. Coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to get into some NFL draft aftermath action. Got two great reporters that are going to break everything down. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM, yeah. All right, everybody, welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. I have some special guests in the house. As we know, we just completed the NFL draft weekend, which is a step closer to getting to the NFL season. Hopefully some normalcy this season uh, as it pertains to the pandemic and everybody getting uh, their things together. As Roger Goodell said uh, about a month or so ago, he looks forward to having the stadiums around the league at full capacity. So hopefully that will still be in play. We will get some fans in the house because Lord knows with these two gentlemen I'm about to bring on, we are tired of the fake crowd noise. <laughs> the, fir- 
The first individual I want to bring on, he covers the Los Angeles Chargers, does a great job in and out from Sports Illustrated. He's the one and only Fernando Ramirez and also the professor, I like to call him. He is the most knowledgeable man I know about football in the world of the NFL. He covers the Los Angeles Rams, does a tremendous job covering them in and out. For Also for Sports Illustrated, he's the one and only Eric Williams. What's going on, fellas? How you doing? You forgot the D, Eric D. Williams. He, oh. he, he likes that. You, can, you, can't, you can't do that. Eric, I got you. I, I Don't appreciate send that, you know. A lot, <laughs> a lot of Eric Williams out there, so we, you know, we, we 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 throw the D out there just to distinguish myself a little bit from from all the other Eric Williams out there uh, in the United States and around the world. As you should, absolutely. So first and foremost, I want to get you guys' take on just in general, what did you think of the NFL draft? Obviously, we had some fans come back in Cleveland, so it's a little bit different than what we saw last year. The players were kind of able to interact with one another, unable as they were unable to do last year. So what did you think about the overall draft experience? I'll start with you, Fernando, and then you, Mr. Eric D. Williams. <laughs> I was a little disappointed. I expected more fireworks in the first round. I mean, I, I thought maybe trades here, trade there, nothing. I was like, okay, cool. I mean, there were a couple of trades with, um, surprisingly enough, the Eagles and the Cowboys trading with each other to help screw the the, the Giants in a sense. So there you go. You got that trade. Um, overall, though, it was a lot of fun to see that Roger Goodell got booed. He, he probably wasn't used to that. He had gotten booed all the years before. I don't think he wasn't booed last year from his couch, but then he got booed again this year. Uh, very interesting, uh, awesome to see a lot of fans out there, people out there finally. Uh, a little by little, we're getting back to it. I, I thought it was funny to see the players high-fiving the people while they were walking to the stage. That was pretty cool. So little by little, we're getting there. But um, overall, I thought every ESPN, NFL Network did a great job of covering the draft. Um, and, yeah, no, it was, it was fun to, to finally get in there. I, I think it was the second round. We saw a lot of, like, movement. There were so many trades going back and forth, and – I don't even think they could cover it all, but obviously overall great, uh, great weekend. Finally, little by little, like I said, sports are, are coming back. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Fernando It was great to see progress when you, when you see the, the fans in Cleveland, even though they had to wear masks just to, to be able to, to experience it. You know, obviously last year we didn't have any of that. Um, and then I think in terms of the draft itself, I think you're still seeing a premium on playmakers. You know, the, those quarterbacks going top three, it's a passing offense. You have to be able to score touchdowns. You saw a lot of receivers going early. You saw the linemen kind of move down a little bit, which I thought was interesting. So really, when you look at the league as a whole, they're, they're trying to find guys that can either score touchdowns or stop teams from scoring touchdowns. So a premium on speed, on skill, uh, you know, obviously offensive line, defensive linemen are, are skill players as well, but uh, an emphasis on scoring touchdowns and stopping touchdowns. Well, you know what? The highlight for me in this draft was the macho fan. I mean, that to me was the <laughs> – to me, that was the most creative, impressive, cool. and energetic. I mean, he hyped the crowd up, even from other teams that would normally boo you because yeah. you were with the other team. They were actually cheering for him. Most of them were cheering for him, which I thought was really cool to see just the fact that, as you said, Fernando, some type of normalcy, getting the fans back in, having an NFL draft where Roger Goodell can't get booed. Uh, and I'm sure he loves it. I mean, it's almost like when the yeah. Rock or Stone Cold gets booed. I mean, they 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 feed off of that. The Miz, they all feed off of that type of energy. So you, you know what? Know. We need, we need to recognize Drew Pearson as well. Drew Pearson, the former Cowboy uh, player, he just always does an awesome job when he gets in front of the mic. He was he was <laughs> talking trash to everybody. Jacoby Jones did a good uh, a good uh, job too. So I, I thought that was a lot of fun too. The energy that some of the players that went up there. Ex players they brought. Eric, do you know who the Macho Man is? Do you know who Stone Cold is? The Rock. I, I know you I know am, as a movie star. I'm but very, I'm very familiar. I'm very familiar with the Macho Man. That's that's my my era. Uh, so true. yeah, I, I know who the Macho Man is. Randy Savage. Am I? Am I... <laughs> yeah, so yeah. See, yeah. He's trying to age shame you, Eric. That's all I do. <laughs> that's supposed to be. That's supposed to be your man. It, no, that is. It, it's, it's not the first time, and it won't be the last. <laughs> Hey, I text him sometimes at 7 a.m. and he'll be like, what are you doing up? Yep. <laughs> What's, yeah, because you know young people don't get like to get up early, so I feel I'm you, Eric. Right, I'm with yeah. You. yeah. So let's talk a little bit. Let's get into the draft. Obviously, the Los Angeles Chargers did have a first-round pick. 
uh, in Rashawn Slater, who I thought was an excellent pick. First Northwestern player to be picked in the first round, which I thought was significant. But the way that this guy plays the game and what and did this, in your estimation, fit the needs of the Chargers, especially as we all know, Justin Herbert needs to be protected at all costs. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Justin got sacked 32 times last year. He was up there when it comes to the sack numbers. And I mean, he was taking unnecessary hits at times. Uh, they played the New England Patriots. There was a hit where he was on the ground. And you look and you're like, oh, my God, is he going to get up? He gets up. The Raiders, one of their guys comes up and hits him in the leg. And you're like, oh, no. And he's able to jump back up. So they needed it. It was funny because uh, I, I originally had maybe them going um, them going cornerback, maybe a J.C. Horn, one of those guys falling to them. But once you start noticing that Cincinnati passes on Panay Sewell, I'm like, oh, wow. And then they get Rashawn, and then obviously Panay goes to Detroit. Then you see a little bit of a slide again, and Rashawn falls right into their lap. I was like, wow, this is incredible. So now they have their offensive line, in a sense, solidified. They, they're a lot better than they were last year. Tom Telesco admitted to us after. I thought this was going to be a two-year job, a two-year job. But obviously the Chargers were able to kind of – and I'm not saying it's anywhere near done because – like uh, like they say, it's always turning. They're always getting guys. But definitely for right now, the Chargers do have a very good offensive line. They have some pieces. They even added some pieces later in the draft that I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that good guy could be an offensive line starter. But definitely a slam dunk, um, a slam dunk pick for the Chargers who definitely needed to solidify their offensive line. Now, one thing I will say about the Los Angeles Rams, we know last year they had a really, 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 really good draft last year. They were able to do some things and really have some players that really were impactful in the season. This year, obviously, they still drafted in the, in the second round. Uh, talk to me, Eric, about Tutu Atwell uh, and and how do you feel like he will fit in? Because there's been some criticism about maybe his possible, his durability, maybe because of his height, as far as yeah. being able to, you know, stretch the field the way that the Rams need to have somebody stretch the field. Uh, they call him Deshaun 2.0. We all know Deshaun Jackson, uh, the success that he's had, but he's also been questions about injury and durability. So what stood out to you about Tutu Atwell and also uh, the other individual uh, that was drafted in the third round uh, and Ernest Jones, whom I love that pickup. Yeah, well, let's talk about Tutu first. Um, you know, when you look at this team and the way they played offensively, they had trouble creating big plays last year. I think they were in the bottom third in the league in terms of passing plays of 20-plus yards, uh, yards per pass play, yards of 40 yards or more, all in the bottom third of the league. And, and they wanted to get some of what San Francisco had with Debo Samuel. Now, obviously, Tutu is not Debo Samuel. I mean, that's a different type dude in terms of his body build, the physicality. But what Tutu can do is he can run some of those jet sweeps, fly sweeps. He can get involved in the screen game. He's a guy at the line of scrimmage that can make you miss and then has the juice to run by you because of the speed that he has. And I think you, you saw that at Louisville. So he's a gadget guy that can that can kind of open up the offense in terms of the possibilities that Sean McVay can bring scheme-wise. Um, and he's a guy that's not going to go out there and play 700 800 snaps you know he's going to be a guy that's going to play more like two 300 snaps and he does give you some of the kind of elements that Deshaun gives you I'm not saying he is Deshaun because Deshaun obviously has proven that he can be a vertical threat in this league we don't know if Tutu can do that yet we're going to have to see that uh in practice in training camp and then obviously on the field but I do feel like he brings a different element to that that offense he's different than Cooper Cup and, and Robert Woods and Van and I think they needed that. Uh, so I, I thought, you know, the pick was fine. I mean, obviously 50, 155 pounds, that's pretty light. But there have been guys that have been successful in the league. Uh, you know, DeAnthony Thomas for, for, for Kansas City has been successful in the league. So if you use them in a limited capacity, you don't play them a lot, uh, they can be impactful. And then I, the other guy I liked, um, you mentioned uh, Ernest Jones, who I think is going to come in and compete for a spot. Uh, at inside linebacker because of his speed and physicality, his ability to run. We'll see if he can cover. I think that's one of the question marks with that selection. Uh, this kid out of, out of Central Florida, University of Central Florida, Jacob Harris, 6'5", 220 pounds, ran a 4'3", 9". I think he had a vertical of 40 inches. So obviously he's a ridiculous athlete. Um, and you lose Gerald Everett to the Seahawks, so you need that kind of playmaking tight end. They draft Bryson. Uh, Hopkins out of, uh, mm -hmm. I think he was out of Missouri last year in the fourth round, didn't play a whole lot. Um, so we don't know what you're going to get out of him. And now you bring another guy that's going to compete with him. 
They obviously bring back Johnny Munt too, who's more of a blocking tight end, but did make some some catches in in in, in uh, the passing game. So we'll see what you add there. But I think overall, because of the talent that the Rams have in their roster, these guys are going to be fighting for not only playing time, but just to make the roster. To be honest, they didn't need a whole lot, and I feel like they kind of added different elements uh, that that make them better. One last thing, though, you know, people are going to question why didn't they draft an offensive lineman? You know, they lose Austin Blythe, their center to the Kansas City Chiefs. They don't replace him necessarily in the draft. So Rams Twitter, of course, was going crazy about that. Um, McVay, after the draft, did say that he liked the depth uh, with the group already intact. You know, the 10 and 11 guys that come back have played meaningful snaps. We'll see what they do at the offensive center position, if it's going to be Brian Allen, who started a couple years ago, but it's coming off knee surgery. Uh, Coleman Shelton is another guy that, that, that you know, was a backup center. Uh, we'll see what they do in terms of, um, you know, solidifying the, the the anchor, which is important because you have an, a new quarterback that's learning the offense in Matthew Stafford. But I um, thought overall they, they filled some needs and, and and did a solid job. Yeah, you you ain't lying about that. McVay better be satisfied because all eyes will be on him this season. And, and speaking yeah. of all eyes being on someone, Tom Telesco is another individual that folks will be watching. And from what I've been ta- ta- told, rather, he may be on a short leash. So this draft was very important for him to make sure that he gets those pieces. So, Fernando, I want to ask you, uh, at, in the second round, the Chargers drafted, they got Asante Samuel Jr. We know what his dad is accomplished, very, very accomplished uh, individual. And then also, too, uh, they drafted Josh Palmer, uh, who I thought was a phenomenal. To me, I thought it was a, was a, was a sneak uh, pick in the draft. I thought a lot of teams slept on him, especially with his ability. Uh, what did you see out of those two individuals, and how pleased were you uh, with those individuals. Asante Samuel is just like Rashawn Slater. I mean, I couldn't believe that he fell right into their lap. It was funny because when we talked to uh, when we talked to Asante, um, so you know what? In general, some of these draft picks have a huge chip on their shoulder coming in. Asante said that he knows that he's there. There weren't seven cornerbacks better than him. It's, he's the eighth corner that was selected. And he said, there's not seven guys that are better than me. He said he thinks his height played a played a role in it which obviously, I mean, his dad was small too, but he played big. And that's what Brandon Saley told us. When this kid sees the field, he sees it differently than everybody else. He grew up knowing he wanted to be a corner. If you know, a lot of these guys grew up, oh, I want to be a receiver. I want to be a running back. I want to be a quarterback. Uh-uh, Sunday Samuel Jr. wanted to be a, a cornerback, and he knew it. His dad was a ball hawk. I, Tom Telesco said he he kicked our ass a lot when he was in Indy. He remembers what Asante Samuel did to them. So now Asante Samuel Jr. comes in. He comes in with Michael Davis, with Chris Harris Jr. I think he's going to stick to Chris Harris Jr. a lot just because they're kind of the same size. Uh, Asante Samuel Jr. isn't scared to take a hit. He'll tackle guys. He'll tackle the running back. So I think he's going to be a very good fit. Um, I just was surprised that he fell right into the Chargers' lap. And then uh, Josh, uh, you said um, Josh Palmer. I I really did like that pick. Obviously, Obviously, you wanted to go offensive line or something else, pass rusher, whatever. They ended up getting Josh Palmer. I think he's a good receiver. He didn't have a lot of quarterback help, really, when uh, at Tennessee. So there were some passes that I thought, oh, this is going to be intercepted, and he would go up, grab it, and make the catch. So I think he'll be very good. There's a lot of questions when it comes to Josh Palmer because he's similar to the way Mike Williams plays. A lot of people thought maybe if they get a third receiver, it's going to be a speedy guy that can really – um, stretch the field and do a lot of different things. No, they went with a, a guy that's similar to Mike Williams. Mike Williams in the final year of his contract. So that's really where you have to start looking. Maybe this is a guy that they know that he has big playability down the field. Are they going to want to keep Mike? Is Mike going to be too expensive for them to keep? So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. But really, right now at this point, and that, that's what I was explaining to um, to somebody else earlier, is that now you if you have Mike, you have Keenan, you have Jared Cook, and you have Jordan Palmer, and then you throw in a guy like Jalen Guyton who's speed. You throw all those guys in there on the field at the same time, Jalen Guyton's going to come wide open. Tyron Johnson's going to come wide open. Now are they going to make the catch? That's going to be the interesting part. <laughs> but with all, with all those guys that they have now, with that speed that those two receivers have, they're going to be wide open. That's why I said last year I didn't think there were number threes. I thought there were more of those helpful four and fives, and now they're going to really be able to show what they have with big receivers like these guys, but definitely two solid picks for Telesco um, with those guys, just because they add a, a different element. Josh Palmer said he's ready to play special teams. If the chargers ask him to, which 
as we all know, the Chargers need a lot of help on special teams. But I feel like that's really third round and beyond. I really thought that's what they focus on. Guys that can help, obviously, at their positions, but guys also that can help on special teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important, I, I think, for a young quarterback, especially with the success that Justin Herbert has had, to continue to grow with guys and to really be able to establish that rapport and that chemistry in order for them to, for him to lead those guys down the field and lead those guys not only with wins, but uh, make it, trying to make a deep playoff run. And one guy in particular uh, that I felt like was a really good pickup for the Chargers was tied in uh, Trey McKinney out of Georgia. Uh, I thought, that especially with the departure of Hunter Henry going to the New England Patriots, they needed somebody to fill that role and to get a young guy that can, like I said, that can grow uh, with uh, Justin Herbert. How impactful and how important is that moving forward for this Chargers team to get a guy like Trey McKinney? Well, I think Trey McKinney, a lot of people will look at it and be like, oh, that's not the sexy pick. But I think Trey McKinney's like Virgil Green. Virgil Green was very important that season where the Chargers, uh, 2018, when they made that playoff run. And a lot of people won't notice this, but Trey was the one, or not Trey, Virgil was the one that was uh, that was making blocks, that was doing different things so that Antonio Gates at the time could come open. And, and they were doing a lot of different things with Virgil. Virgil also was one of those guys that would make one impactful catch almost every other game, if not every game. So I feel like uh, Trey didn't get a lot of play at Georgia when it came to receptions. He only had six, but at Florida State, he had a little bit more of that. Also, he um, is friends with Gabe Neighbors, who's a Chargers fullback. So he said that he expected to already dive into the playbook without obviously having it. Now that he could talk to um, he could talk to Gabe and kind of go through it. But I definitely think that that's what he's coming in for. He's coming in to fill that Virgil Green role more than that, um, more than the uh, Hunter Henry role. The Chargers also have Donald Parham and they have Steven Anderson, who I think really they're going to try and add a lot of different things. I don't think they'll they'll have four tight ends when it comes to the regular season, but for right now, it's a lot of competition there at the tight end position. But definitely, I, I'm, I'm interested to see the way Trey is going to insert himself. And like I said, special teams, he's going to have to play him. He said he played them at Florida State his three years. He didn't play it at Georgia his final year. But um, definitely, I expect him to, to make an impact there. And also, he's going to help on offense. Like I said, I see him more as a Virgil Green than I do anything else. And I feel like that's going to really help the Chargers because Jared Cook isn't really known as a blocking tight end as much as uh, what Trey could be coming in. So definitely, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Trey adapts. But look for him to be kind of that Virgil Green uh, with the Chargers. Hey, man, you said Gabe neighbors, Jim neighbors, like a good neighbor. Hi, neighbor. <laughs> Charges info, but I, <laughs> what I will I, I do want to talk about a little bit. I want to get you all's draft grades. Uh, what you what what do you thought the teams? You know what grade they should have gotten. Uh, what what they drafted. I'll start with you, Eric, with the Los Angeles Rams because, like you said, Rams Twitter kind of blew up on certain picks that they thought the Rams should have gotten or slept on or didn't make. So, what what was your grade for them? And then, I, and then Fernando, the same question to you. Yeah, I'll qualify it with this. We really don't know how these guys are going to work out until you get three, four years down the line and, and you actually see what they produce. Um, you know, there's always a lot of guys that go later in the draft that people kind of sleep on. You know, Russell Wilson was a third-round pick. Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. Antonio Gates was not drafted. So you never know how guys are going to have uh, their careers, if they're going to be impactful or not, until you, you, you kind of watch it play out. But, you know, on the face of it, I'll, I'll give them a solid B, you know, in terms of uh, getting guys for specific needs they, they felt they needed to fill on the roster and where they got them. Uh, one guy that I like that I, I haven't mentioned yet is this fourth-round pick out of Central Arkansas, Robert Rochelle, in terms of his size, speed, and what he did at his pro day. Ten interceptions, so he gets the football, which you want. And they needed a cornerback because they lost Troy Hill to the, the Cleveland Browns in free agency. They really had three guys with experience on the roster. Obviously, two of them are are are, are great players, and in, in Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams, who I think should have made the Pro Bowl last year. Uh, and then they have David Long Jr., who's played some slot, but they needed to add another player. And this kid, Rochelle, looks like he can come in and play right away. Uh, if if not on defense, he's gonna he's gonna play special teams. So I, I thought that was a good selection there. And then they get you know two defensive tackles, Bobby Brown and Ernest Brown the fourth. So obviously that was their prerogative. Sorry, I had to say that for them to get some <laughs> defensive linemen in there. Uh, so, you know, overall, it looks like they fill some needs. Uh, again, though, we have to see how these guys are going to work out on the field. 
uh, come training camp. Oh, um, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I, I, I'm with Eric. I mean, you just never know when these guys, how these guys are going to develop. We need to wait a couple of years. But I gave the Chargers an A. I think this was Tom Telesco's best draft, probably as a, the general manager of the Chargers. I really thought he, he, he got every position that he kind of needed. Maybe safety is the only one that they didn't. But when speaking to Brandon, man, Brandon Saley feels like he could sell you on anything. He was telling us yesterday, Nazir Adderley and this, and then really going through the 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 safeties on Saturday. And it, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah, no, maybe they <laughs> do have something. But um, but I definitely think defensive or safety is a guy. Well, he said defensive backs, but I'm going to say it's safeties. I think that, uh, there's a little bit of a question, but the pick that I really liked was uh, Chris Rumpf, their fourth rounder. He's an edge out of Duke. I thought that obviously he's a little bit smaller than most of their edge guys. But I definitely liked what he brings to the to the Chargers. I feel like, and he said it. He's like, I I grew up watching Khalil Mack, Von Miller. Hey, that tells me that he looked at his coach's resume and knows exactly who they uh, who they uh, who he's coach. And then he said, I cannot wait to learn from Joey Bosa. So definitely, that's going to be a guy that I feel like he'll put on a little bit of more weight before they go into training camp. But he kind of uses his athleticism the way Melvin Ingram did. Uses athleticism to get around. Sometimes that's helpful. Sometimes that's hurtful because once your athleticism doesn't work and they stop you, well, what else are you going to do? But I think he was a good pickup. Uh, the their six their second six round draft pick, Larry Roundtree, running back. I think he's really going to come in here and he's going to compete. Uh, he's out of Missouri. I think he's going to compete. Justin Jackson has been hurt a lot since his uh, rookie year when he yeah. really helped the Chargers in 2018. He's been hurt every single year. He really he starts to get really good, and then he gets hurt. Um, Joshua Kelly had his problems last year when it came to fumbling the football, really trying to get back onto the field. So definitely there's, an, there's a need for somebody behind Austin Eckler. And he told us, he said, I'm the kind of guy that you call in on third and one, and I'll get you that extra yard. I'm the guy that on fourth and fourth and goal on the one yard line, I'll get into the end zone. So he was very, I mean, it wasn't that he was cocky. It was just that he was sure of himself. So that that's a good sign when it comes to this, uh, to this, to the chargers. And lastly, uh, their seventh round draft pick, Mark Webb, man, he was, when we, when we talked to him, he was crying. He was excited about this opportunity. He said he really is going to give it his all for the chargers. He was a, he went in as a receiver to Georgia he saw that maybe he wasn't going to be able to compete at receiver, so he decided to switch to defensive back. And now it's going to be interesting to see what he adds to this Chargers defense because they really – the way I, I see Brandon Saling using this, he's going to use defensive backs all over the field in certain situations and different situations. And then Mark Webb at times always found the football in his hands. He would intercept passes. He would uh, he would get the force fumble or he'd get the fumble in his hands. So it's going to be really interesting to see the way they do it. But I give this an A, an A, and I really do think what really put it over the top though was those first two selections: Asante Samuel and Rashawn Slater. Just two incredible guys that you'll plug in right away. And then lastly, uh, I forgot to mention this guy, Bre uh, Brendan uh, Hymas. He is a um, he was from Nebraska tackle. I see him more as a guard, and um, I, I think he's going to compete for that right guard position. I really do think that the Chargers can bring him in. He was a four-year starter, never missed time. That's another thing. Most of these guys that the Chargers got are durable players, and hopefully they can stay that way um, with the Chargers. But I definitely see him competing for that right guard uh, position next to Brian Bulaga. And if not, if like the Chargers said, if an injury happens, they could kick him out back to right tackle because he was a right tackle in at Nebraska. But definitely a good um, a good start for Tom or a good draft for Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley. Is Tom watching? I mean, you're, you're going to be invited over Christmas, Fernando. No, 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 no I, I, I'm hoping to get a Christmas card. No, but no, I, I, and I'm being, I no, and, and I've been critical. I mean, he's I know. Guys, he's gotten guys out of Texas, uh, Texas had some injury histories. Craig Mager, he's gotten some of like some of these guys that you're just like, who are these guys? This time he stuck with it. He went to, I mean, big time, mostly big time schools, and he got playmakers out of them. So I really do think this was the first draft that you didn't really scratch your head and thought, what is he doing? So I know a lot of people want to point at the Josh Palmer, but I thought that was a good selection, underrated selection. So I really think that this is his strongest draft as the Chargers general manager. 
Well, you know what? I, that was a fine analysis. And I, I, like I said, I think Tom Telesco had to draft this way. I think his job is going to be on the line and he had to draft this way. If he didn't draft yeah. this well, he th- this was going to be a very long season for him and probably his last season in Los Angeles uh, because of the 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 expect the level of expectation that is required uh, when you're coming, especially against a team like the Los Angeles Rams, who have already had success. Uh, thus far and speaking of the Rams we got about two minutes before we go to break but I want to get into the Malibu draft beach house Eric Williams was there <laughs> he was in the house I want to get your perspective on that hey, and Nick, then you were how... there too. yeah there you go but I want to but you know just just to get a different perspective because man what better place to make a draft than at that place I mean with the picturesque views you you yeah. had the the, the 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 pool with the ducks flying in you had the ocean in the background what was that experience like did my bait may take his shirt off and jump in the pool or, or <laughs> there was none of that oh no he was about to, to. That. nobody wants to see that Fernando <laughs> hey it, it's nice to see how the wine and cheese crowd how they live and, and and how they experience life you know with the the ocean breeze coming off and the infinity pool and you know the big screen TVs and and you know the whole setup. Uh, it was it was ridiculous. It was really cool, um, and I thought kind of a, a unique way for the Rams to kind of create some pub because they didn't have a first round pick. But with the the scenery and everything, they they were able to get some eyeballs on them uh, in terms of the draft. So I thought it was it was smart to 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 do that. Uh, what do you think about it, Nick? Man, I thought it was outstanding. I, this these are the kind of people I want to know in life, <laughs> and I want to continue to know in life. Like yep. let me let me house it for a weekend. Let me, <laughs> I I want to I won't invite too many people over. But yeah, I won't invite anybody over. But y'all man, get lunch? Was, oh man, we yeah yeah. Come on now, this nice is the L.A. Rams. This is the L.A. Must Rams nice. we're talking about. Yeah, nice. <clears throat> yeah. So next year we know we know uh, Chargers got to step your game up next year. You got you got to do something. You got to you got to go one notch ahead because if the Rams are dra- uh, Rams are getting a draft a draft house in Malibu. Technically, Ventura County. <laughs> the Chargers are definitely gonna have to step it up. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe a maybe a, a boat. Maybe a boat. Draft, maybe maybe draft a yacht? draft. No comment. Draft, draft yacht. Yeah. No comment. I'm putting it out there. I want the Chargers to have a draft yacht next year, and let us all come on that. That's what I want. Eric, I would invite you on that if you if you'd want to come. I don't know. I kind of get seasick. I don't know if I could do the draft yacht. Yeah, well, I'm just saying because you didn't invite me to the Malibu Beach House, so I'm kind of throwing oh. it out. Uh, well, you know, I, I wasn't the, the person extending the invitation. So I, I know. know. If, I, if I were. Then, when, you tw- yeah. when Eric tweeted that out, I put on Twitter, I'm like, new ha- new address, who dis? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty I'm much. Like, Eric moved zip codes. Hey, he got them in different area codes. I'll tell you what. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your analysis and always appreciate the conversation. Uh, please let everyone know where they can continue to keep up with you and follow you. And also, please plug your, uh, your your following shows, man. You guys are doing great work out there. I'll let my elder go first. <laughs> Thank you, Fernando. Hey, a couple different things. I'm doing this new podcast called the Speed Option Podcast, having guests on weekly, just talking football, X's and O's scheme and, and, and different things going on around the league. So you can check that out on YouTube. Uh, and then also you can hit me up on Twitter, Eric underscore D underscore Williams. And you can see my work at Sports Illustrated Ram site. Uh, Fernando Ramirez, obviously. Uh, well, not obviously, but yeah, my bad. I didn't mean to sound all cocky or whatever. Um, I'm at SI Chargers and uh, have a new podcast with Gilbert Manzano called Compas on the Beat. We just started it a couple of weeks ago. Definitely a, a lot of fun. We're, we're trying to do a lot of different things with it. Kind of steering away from just football. We're trying to do more boxing wwe we're trying to do it all nba all that stuff so definitely a lot of fun um you can follow our instagram page at compas on the beat uh for me instagram twitter at real f ramirez and uh definitely appreciate it thank you nick for for having me on yep thanks hey. nick i really appreciate it bro thank you guys and uh lafb network better be on the bell on alert because if they're not doing right i'm gonna be after compass on the beat I'll tell you that right now <laughs> Nightcast Media is in the building. I love Hello. that. Hello, and Nick. Nick, what's that surprise that we have coming on May four? I'm I'm trying to know. It's, it's, like, it's, it's May fourth. It, Maybe it's today. It's today. To do- it's today. It's today. It's today. You yes, trying sir. to do some Star Wars stuff? Like May the fourth, we be with you. What, what, hey. what, what's going on? May, May the fourth be with you. That's right. There you go. It's today, baby. It's today. It's right. coming up. It's I'm, coming I'm, up. I look. So. I look forward to hearing the news. 
Me Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. All right, y'all come up on the other side of the break. We'll get into my three cents, which I'll talk about anything from the world of sports, politics, pop culture, whatever it is, I'm going to speak on it. And Marvel releases their brand new set of films for the next two years. You may be surprised at who they're going to bring out. And then there's another surprise that I may drop for 2024. Mm, I'll think about it on the break. You're listening to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, we're back. TMA with Nick Hamilton. Final segment of the show. Listen, I don't know how many people that are listening are Marvel fans, but I'm a Marvel fan. I'm a geek. I'm a Marvel nerd. I don't really give a damn. That's just who, that's part of who I am. I love watching all the Marvel movies. There have been a few duds. But no more does than DC. For some reason, it seems like DC just can't get their stuff right. More so, Marvel gets it right. God bless Stan Lee. God bless his soul, uh, who was excellent at doing Marvel movies and putting things together and making sure they were done, you know, majority of the time they were done right. So on Monday, Marvel released a, I would say a trailer of movies to come for the next two years now one obviously we've been waiting for for a very long time but i know probably COVID had a lot to do with it but the black widow with scarlett johansson is finally going to drop in july so that's finally coming um shang chi is also going to drop spider-man no way home is going to drop the eternals are coming uh black panther 2 is going to drop uh in 2022 as well Ant-Man and the Wasp 3 or Quantumania, whatever you want to call it, that's going to drop. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is going to drop. The Marvels, uh, that movie is going to drop. The next installment to Thor, that's going to drop. And what's interesting to me is the fact that you're going to do Black Panther 2, which I'm not really highly anticipating Black Panther 2. God bless the dead. God bless Chadwick Boseman, who did a fantastic job as the Black Panther. T'Challa rest in peace um i'm really hope i know that the rumor is they're going to have the sister be the new black panther which i don't i'm not really approving that not in it please before you start saying oh because it's a, no it has nothing to do with her gender it has everything to do with the fact that it goes against the storyline and those of you that have ever followed the black panther storyline you know how the story should go we all know that Killamonger was raised from the dead through the ancestors. So hopefully there's a Killamonger sighting in Black Panther 2. They keep it factual to the storyline. Let's just say. Now, I'm not giving away the movie because the movie hasn't come out yet. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Neither do you. But for the sake of conversation, let's just go along with the storyline. Now, let's just say since Disney's bought a lot of Marvel stuff and they own stuff like X-Men, for example, which I thought X-Men, the first class series, was really on point. Probably the best X-Men series of movies because it is very accurate and close to the cartoon and the comic book itself. So I love it. Let's say, though, remember, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of insight. Let's say they do another X-Men movie in the next three years. Let's just say. And let's say the X-Men movie does well, which most of them have done well. Right now, as we all know, Black is in. So, let's say they do a Storm movie, a movie about Storm, how she grew up, much like how we've seen about Black Widow, which I do believe they need to have a Storm movie, period, because she's that phenomenal of a character. They do a Storm movie, how she grew up, what she did, the time she met up with the X-Men, when she went off on her own, how she met up with T'Challa. Some of y'all didn't know that, huh? Yeah, Black Panther and Storm had a baby. So if you do an authentic Storm movie, how the hell are you going to tell that without bringing in the Black Panther? That means somebody's going to have to dress up as the Black Panther. Even if you don't ever show his face, if he just dresses up like the Black Panther. So why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you recast the Black Panther in this movie, which makes no damn sense? I understand... You can't, you, no one can fill Chadwick Boseman's shoes. I'm all for that. 
but why not recast to go along with the storyline? You have an Oscar award-winning dude that could probably play him. I'm thinking Daniel Cunha, the dude that played in Judas and the Black Messiah. That's what I could think of. Now, there may be some of you all that be listening can think of somebody better than that or different than that, then that's fine. I'm just saying what I what I think could happen or should happen, rather. So how, how are you going to tell these stories without being accurate? And I'm about authenticity when it comes to these storylines because you got to keep the storylines pretty pretty accurate to what it was. And I love the first Black Panther. I mean, there were a couple of things I didn't care about because, again, when you follow the story, there were certain things you were like, eh, that ain't it. Nope, that's not accurate. Just like Avengers Endgame. I didn't like Endgame because it ended wrong. Captain America was not did not decide to get old. He got stuck in the damn portal. And now they have to figure out how to get him out of the portal as he was trying to return the stones. But I do love the fact that they're going to do a Captain America 4. And I do love the fact that Anthony Mackie is in it. Now, who is going to show up? That will be the question for all my Marvel fans out there. Who's going to show up? That's what I want to know. Because let me tell you something. These movies better hit like wildfire. And I think most of them will. Because they got great stories. I love I love Guardian, Guardians of the Galaxy. Rocket is my guy. That's my guy. And I'm definitely looking forward to, at some point, going to Disneyland again. And seeing all new, you know, the Avengers, or what they call it, the Marvel area whatever they're going to call that place with all the marvel stuff and the avengers and things like that the academy or something definitely looking forward to that once all the the, the pandemic kind of settles down a little bit people getting vaccinated or continuing their social distancing but hey man i'm excited if you want to see the trailer make sure you go to my instagram page at nick hamilton la you can see the full trailer of all the marvel movies to come and uh like i said there may be something going on in 2024. And that is my three cents for this week, where I talk about anything in the world of sports, pop culture, politics, film, whatever it is, I'm going to talk about it. So that was my rant for the week. I thank you so much for tuning in to TMA with Nick Hamilton. Make sure you follow me on all things social, well, on Twitter, and on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213 on Facebook, and on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. And make sure you follow www.nightcastmedia.com it's official like a referee with a whistle we are in the building nightcastmedia.com that's n-i-t-e-c-a-s-t-m-e-d-i-a.com for all the latest going on in the world of sports pop culture lifestyle editorial tech yeah we're doing tech too so game reviews gaming uh everything you can think of creators inventors all of that stuff we're doing it right there at nightcastmedia.com all right so thank you so much for tuning in i hope to see you all or hope you guys can can hear me next week and i definitely look forward to talking to you guys in another 167 more hours until next time stay sharp take care i'm nick hamilton i'm out the views and opinions expressed on TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose, are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.